So, Samuel, are you ready to talk to a Samuel? Samuel squared. Mm, lucky for everyone involved. Please try and explain the next 30 or 40 minutes, because I'm still trying to get my head around it. <laughs> a rock star who has toured the world, written some incredibly successful songs for himself and for other artists, gives you advice on songwriting, the people around you, hardcore as well as pop bangers and also why you should never get a rock star as your landlord. And don't do the Helping Musicians podcast when you're moving to LA the next day. Preston, considering the show is called the Helping Musicians podcast, here's how we describe it. We describe our audience as musicians at the start of their career, but they're good. We don't care about the ones that aren't good yet and have got to put the time in. They are making good music. They are talented musicians. And now they want yeah. to take it to that next step, whatever that goal is for them. We assume for a lot of them. It's funny that you say, but they're mm. good, because this will make me sound like a horrible person, but I'm going to tell you anyway, that I did a little bit of teaching at uh, BIM ah. for a while. But the main thing that struck me about teaching these mm. kids is that the most I thought the most valuable thing that I could mm. offer them would just be for them to line up and just go, nope, <laughs> never going to happen. <sighs> Not a chance. Maybe. Maybe. Do you know, and it's so, the, the the most valuable thing I can mm. think of, really, in terms of you just have to sort of know your value. And the, the few ones that that were that did have it, you're like, you know, you are, you can fucking do it. And the rest, you know, maybe they'll can change it and then maybe they'll, something will happen. And, and like, but the interesting piece of advice I would give that, that sort of tell that, that, um, you know, anecdote of how, how much a horrible person I am is what your parents would probably tell you in terms of advice is like, have a backup plan. I think for the people that aren't good, that probably makes sense, right? But I never had a backup plan. I'm not even saying I'm fucking good. <laughs> I've been doing it for 25 years, so I don't know how long. Is that correct? Right. And there are so many times along the way where I was like, even after the band and after I'd had like written number ones and I was like, you know, PRS was sort of dipping and I was thinking, oh, maybe I could be a teacher or I may go do something else and maybe I, could, maybe I could go into advertising or whatever. I couldn't do that because I don't have a fucking backup because <laughs> I didn't finish. I was on my second year or maybe third year of studying music in Brighton and then I got a record deal and I was just like, fuck you later, I'm out. And I just like, I just teased out. So there are times in my career where I've been like, I should have just done my degree. I should have just had the degree. Then I could, I could try and get like a more of a sensible job. But I'm glad I didn't do that. But I, I backed myself and I rode through those periods. Because you know, the thing about music is, unless you're one of the very rare few people that managed to be, you know, evergreen kind of rich mm. from it, like you could, you could have a really good year your PRS could still be quite shit because it takes ages to catch up or like it's a, you had a, some K-pop stuff that takes friggin' ages to come through. And like, this is a very long winded way of saying, maybe I, my advice is don't have a backup plan. And I, 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 I kind of genuinely mean that. I think if you back yourself, if you think you are better than the majority of people that are trying to do this, then fucking commit. I think it would be the advice that that lot is a long way, long winded way of saying. I rate it. Is there, I mean, we always try and actually summarize, especially the first point, just to like get to the greatest hits of things you feel like you've learned. Is there a, th is there a top three of things you feel like you've learned? So if one is really own, if you are good enough, own the fact you don't have a back. Okay, yeah, one is, one is like totally back yourself if you're going to back mm. yourself. Don't like, 
Well, I'm going to do my band on Wednesday and Thursday evenings, and then I'm going to do. You just have to like. Um. So uh, this move to LA that I'm doing in a week or whatever it is, two weeks. I'm doing that because that's where songwriting mm. happens. And but I'm a 41 year old man. I should be have a family <laughs> and some responsibilities, right? But I am 25 years into a music career, or wherever I am in now, and. I'm just like, all right, well, I'm just going to rent out my house and I'm just going to back myself further and I'm going to spend money to move to LA and be there and just, you know, so it's like, yeah, number number one would just, just be sort of back yourself. I also think just like be adaptable and enjoy changing with and seeing stretching yourself musically and stuff. There's a lot of people that I know that were, was friends with that are people in bands and they still do their band every, you know, every week, especially in the summer, they do their festivals and whatever. And they're playing the songs that they wrote when they were like 20. Yeah. The idea of doing that every weekend is just depressing to me, right? But but so I think, you know, unless you want to do, maybe some people like to do that. But for, my, for me, I want to write a different song every day. And I like to stretch myself sort of creatively and stuff. And so I think that I was the kind of kid where I just listened to music in the 60s. I, would, I didn't even like, I was just like, oh, modern music, yeah. please. Um, and I wish that I'd been more like um, adaptable. I wish I'd tried to find the good in like pop music and stuff at the time because that's where you make money. And I think there's this, there's, I always remember the Cribs saying to me at one, once when they were like complaining about being on tour and they were like, they're like, oh, being on tour isn't all it's cracked up to be. It's like, you know, it's a lot of waiting in hotel lobbies and airports. And I was like, yeah, with your fucking best friends. Mm. Everyone else is like cleaning toilets and doing fucking data entry. <laughs> you're, you're a man. You're yeah. That really stuck with me because I was just like, bro, if my job was just to like hang out in an airport lobby with my brother all day, I'm like, that'd be sliped, yeah. Yeah. right? It's this like, would you rather slightly adapt the music that you make? So maybe you're like a producer and you're trying to do more pop stuff or you're trying to work with, you know, or you're a songwriter and you and you do try to work with other artists writing songs for them that are a bit more pop music because that's where the money is. Is that more of a of a compromise to your integrity than oh well I don't want to write pop music so I'm gonna get a job in the shoe shop? Do you know what I mean? Or wherever, or fucking just get a normal job that normal people I don't know what, you know like. Yeah. And I think that if you can be adaptable and also you can you can find the joy in in being adaptable and you can find the joy in if I can get to make music, you know, maybe you do a session with someone and they're fucking terrible, right? <laughs> and that happens yeah. a lot. And you're you're in a room writing a song for someone and you're thinking, Oh, this guy can't write a song. There's a fucking joy in that. It's like, right, let's fucking write your song. Let's do it. Like, what, like, let's get that out of you. I mean, maybe the difference is that my, you know, my original vision for Ordinary Boys isn't what I like now anyway. So I, I've, I've moved so far away from that. And, you know, obviously if you're like fucking Kurt Vile or, you know, someone who is just like got a fucking vibe, then you're not going to try and write songs for Liam Payne. You're just going <laughs> to like be on your vibe. Very much like things I, for my career, which so I've been doing, I've been sort of writing and producing for other people for 15 years mm. now or something. Oh, <laughs> Music is very, very, very rarely um, a solo pursuit, mm. I think. Even, you know, th there's, 
a few people. Have you seen the Jay Retard documentary where he does? No. Have you seen that that doc? It's called Better Than Something, I think. It? And it's like he, it's filmed when it like they follow him around the time that he died. So it's just like a very weird timing and stuff. <laughs> and um, it's him in this in this probably as big as this room. It's, it's his house, which is somewhere in the south in America. And he goes, he presses record on whatever eight track he's got, I don't know, whatever. And he just plays the song on drums, all the fills. And then he picks up the bass and he plays everything playing to the fills. And it's just like you see this thing. And there's there are a few people that are, you know, so, sort of can, can do all the, definitely all the musical stuff yeah. on their own. I mean, you know, most people probably can do that. But there's also like, you need to have relationships with managers, you need to have relationships with promoters that understand how much you want to work and and understand you know i don't, i'm like not trying to go on tour ever again in my life <laughs> i can avoid it i, I know i re- do really want to do that um so i think the most successful songwriters that i know uh, in the sort of pop mm. sphere of things are people where they they have this like amazing relationship with their manager where they're like one person finishing each other's sentence you know the, the manager is like the only thing they don't do is is be in yeah. the studio and if you can find a relationship like that also that sort of falls into the same it, it, i can put it under the same one just so i don't have four <laughs> and then ruin the whole you want to know where you're going right and i guess life is like that anyway and I think if you have the, your relationship with you and talk things through and be, and you know, I kind of missed that in the band because I was just sort of like just a dickhead at the time. I just <laughs> didn't have a, I didn't really have a sense of like the, the sort of, I didn't really understand anything. I didn't understand the industry. I didn't understand anything. I didn't I want to know. I was just like, I want to be a rock star. I don't like who, I don't know what publishing is. I don't know what like any of this stuff. So I think having people around you, you can talk through where you want to go and where, where you're like, what you want from the, from the industry where you want your career to go, the different options, like having an idea of what the next step would be rather than just sort of like treading water. And I, I think that comes from like talking to people a lot. I'm thinking about my, my bandmates from those answers, Preston. Like you've mentioned quite a few different qualities that are important about your bandmates. It's got me thinking about which ones you think are most important. Is it that your band are your best friends? Is it that your band push you is it that your band are great musicians is it that your band have got a similar work rate like i definitely don't think it's like if they're good musicians i do i really i think it's i think that's musicianship is so overrated and that's you know you you realize it's like modern art right if you see some really good modern art if the idea is good it doesn't matter if it's just someone's like i mean it's like the fucking what's that duchamp toilet upside that like if someone's just had an idea that is the that is the thing you want. So I think it's it's someone who, or that that's the smart thing is 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 being like oh, I had this idea for some art. It doesn't the, how it was made doesn't necessarily really matter. I think, and I think in music it's more someone who is just like on your wavelength. I mean, I think if as a as a frontman and a songwriter, then I think it's just someone who speaks the, the same creative language as you. And then if it, in terms of being as a, as a songwriter for hire, that side of my job, surrounding yourself with people where you don't have to say the extra bits of the sentence that you would have to say to someone that you were just trying to explain mm-hmm. how you feel about your you know creative process or your work that you're making or whatever mm-hmm. it is. 
and I surround I definitely surround myself as a songwriter especially in LA which is kind of the reason I'm going there with people where I'm like so much of the session is unspoken because we already you know I, I kind of know them so well and they like I know they like the same shit as me and, and that's super important. And they, and if I say like a lot of life, I've, I think it's just like having good taste. I never really realized that when I was younger, hence I had bad taste, but like, I think it's it, so much of it is just like instinct and taste. And that it, the more that can be a shared kind of like hive mind thing, the better, I think. Yes. Yeah, so trying to find people that are on your wavelength rather than have other qualities and trying to then convert them to your wavelength. Yeah. Not being like this guy's sick guitar. But like he like wants to make everything scar, whatever. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I mean, he could be in my fucking bed. But uh, but like it's such a it's like having sex, honestly. Like being in a band in a way, it's or, or making music like that where you just like all the the more stuff you can just be like, all oh, right, cool, yeah, yeah, that's like the right thing to do right now. <laughs> like, but but if I have to say like, oh, um, can you do yeah, that? Like yeah. then to you the left would a bit, please. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you have to say to the left a bit, please. Anti-clockwise, not um, clockwise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the more you have to say that, the more that you, the sex sucks. Yeah. But the more where you're just like, oh, you're like on the vibe and you're like doing all the things that I like. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with doing with music. You don't want to have to say like, oh, mate, like to the left a bit, please. <laughs> on the straight yeah. <laughs> Can we slow it down, please? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> faster, faster, faster. Drummers, eh? <laughs> yeah. Preston, something that I'm kind of curious about is in the many different hats that you've worn music-wise, is there, again, trying to give value to these musicians that are at the start and so you know, maybe they've got the songs, they've definitely got the talent and they've got the right attitude. The kind of flip to, you know, what are the things you've, you've learned and what are, the, you know, the things you should do, I guess, is... Is there anything you, whether it's mistakes you've made or whether it's mistakes you've seen other people make, like anything to defo watch out for at the start? You know, is there a classic thing that comes up in early days contracts? Is there a classic type of person you want to watch out for? Like that kind of stuff. Is there anything that... I mean, yeah, try and keep people that you knew from before around, I think. And, and like just having a plan. Like I've been really lucky that... I mean, do you know that guy Rap Boy? I've been working with this guy Rap yeah, yeah. Boy. And he's like doing this and it's fucking amazing yeah. and i'm co-producing it with with stephen street which is who did the ordinary boys first uh, two albums. Sick. but that's not yeah. the coincidence i invited this guy who was in this band called rialto do you remember a band called rialto yes oh whoa there we go all right so rialto by louis elliott is a singer they're fucking amazing right Rialto, this is completely unrelated <laughs> to anything except for have the, same, have the same people stick around. Yeah, right? I think I've got vinyl of So, oh, they're so fucking good, and he's a lovely guy. He came around here here yesterday. We did we did a rap boy session. We did three days writing for rap with rap boy, and it was great. And the reason that I uh, got in touch with him, just I'm just a fan of his band, but like, but when I was ten years old, I was in a music video for his previous band, Kinky Machine. <laughs> Right, so I was ten. ten. He was twenty-five. Okay, Where's so this I going? hadn't seen him for thirty. I hadn't seen him for thirty years. It's not going. It's not, it's not, it's not, uh, so Kinky Machine. I was ten. I a video. We were talking about it. Their manager at the time, when I was ten years old, I would have met him. Ended up being the guy who signed my band ten years later. Wow. I only just found this out. Wow. 
I've just uh, I've got a publishing company that I I've ha- have a JV with the same guy. So I'm it's still I mean I didn't I didn't I don't remember meeting him when I was ten, but like you know, thirty one years later, I'm still working with the same wow. guy, and and he's been with me through the whole Ordinary Boys. He published me when I did like Heart Skips a Beat and stuff. Wow. And now I'm doing a, a publishing company with him, and I didn't even really I didn't even realize that I knew him when I was I met him when I was wow. ten. Wow. Wow, it was it's a fucking mad story. It probably isn't that interesting a story unless you know. Who <laughs> people are, but. No, but the the sentiment of people is you know something that I think is underrated, especially in you know a TikTok world where you feel like you can get new team in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Can I just ask another question about the the thirty year arc? Yes. What, what are we taking from that? Are we taking the value of kindred spirits? Are we taking the almost hippie energy of how people come in and out of your life? Are we taking the the woe of just finding out relatively recently that that person played that butterfly effect in your life? The main thing is just like, what the fuck is the main thing? <laughs> yeah, like, I think it's like, I've, I'm like, I'm not a hippie-ish or spiritual in any way whatsoever, except for the fact that I think the path of least resistance is always the one that you should follow in life in general. And I've done that, and I've fucking been doing music for decades. If something, if if a path just opened up, moving to LA, right? I sent one email, and I said to the to the estate agent, I was like, if I rent my house, do you, how much money would it be worth? That was the only thing that I actively did. And then I just sort of like replied to the odd email, and just did, and and didn't really. And now I'm like, oh my god, I'm moving to fucking LA, and I've got a house <laughs> over there. And it's all just sort of happened. And I think. Those, I, I just, I really believe that. Like, I don't know quite what I, be, well, I don't know what that, what it means that, 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 that I believe that. I'm trying to think what that would say about me, but I'm lazy. Well, what I'm hearing yeah. is because that, lo- that line uh, could sound lazy, like always do the easiest thing, the path of least resistance. But I think what you're saying is you feel like it's the universe is giving you a message that this is the route, this is the direction you should be going in. Is that, is that what, what we're kind of saying? Oh, it's not necessarily, it's not the universe saying like, oh, we've got someone who wants to rent your house. It's just like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's like, it opened itself up as a, as a really easy path for me to take, right? And I was like, well, I've got to fucking look, look here, whatever. I didn't even want to be in a band. When I was a kid, I never, I, I was, there was a the last thing I wanted to do, but I just would do it with my friends. And then like, next thing we know, we'll like have a record deal. And then the next thing we know, we're like, boring and like it, it's all and it's i think it's because this is more like just fucking hippie life advice that i'm offering now but like <laughs> <laughs> but i do think just like listen to the to the fucking universe when it when it presents you with opportunities and and like be adaptable that's what it again be yeah. adaptable like like there's so much cool stuff that the world has to offer and there's so many opportunities that are bonkers and and <laughs> amazing and fun and like if you're pursuing music as a career, then you're more open to the, you know, those, you're way more likely to, for something fucking insane to you to have to happen to you tomorrow than if you're a chartered accountant or whatever. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure they have fucking, you know, I'm sure, but like, so I think if you're already doing music and you're already experiential or whatever, if that's a, do you know what I mean? You're you're already like, all right, I want to see what the world can do for me and what what there is for me. Then just make sure you're like here for it. You know, do you know what I mean? Make sure if that's what you just commit. Like it's like the first point. Just like commit to just back yourself. Commit to 
like I'm gonna have like an alternative lifestyle to most people, and that's fine. There's definitely an amazing one-liner lurking in like follow the easiest path and don't have a backup plan. Yeah, <laughs> those two work advice. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, parents around the world are banning their children from listening to Preston. <laughs> don't finish your degree. Don't get a job. Don't have a backup plan. Go to LA. You're you're entering into a world where I think like the most successful people, in my experience, that I meet in this industry are the ones that aren't that organized or <laughs> sensible or like really know what they're doing i think you you're you you sort of have two types of writers and some of them are know all about the who works at which publishing company and all the and they come in and they'll get their pen out and they'll write the title of the song and underline it and whatever and they that's one way of doing it but i think the ones that are more successful are the ones who are just like oh i'm actually not going to be there till 8:30 p.m. um and what are we doing again and like <laughs> i also got, I can only be there for half an hour and they'll come in and they'll just do something amazing because yeah. they've not it, they're not really worried about the other bits around it I, i'm talking more about songwriting as my day job like now where the more almost the more sensible you are the more and the more sort of rules driven you are the less likely you are to just be like what if the song was this fucking insane thing that doesn't make any sense? Mm. And that's going to be a better song because every song has fucking been written already at this point. <laughs> I mean, that's the same with being adaptable, but it's also, it also it, all of this is the same. I'm kind of all of it is the same point. Um, and I just think like, just dig deep with music, whether it's how you market yourself, whether it's the, the how you, the phot- photographs you take of yourself, whether it's the, type of gigs you play whether it's how you put your songs together and all of it you should think all right what's some what's the most interesting way i can fucking do this is different to other people because it is a crowded market and if you're like you could you could play guitar exactly like Jimi hendrix and write songs like the beatles and everyone would still be really bored of it because it's just you know we're not there i feel like we've got a greatest hits episode here mark (laughs) yeah yeah I'm sorry, yeah. but I feel like I've been slightly on one. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, jokes aside, the passion, uh, you know, passion often comes through, like, when we care. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's very, very clear that, that, very clear that you care, that's the lyric. Um, so, yeah, man, no, I, I mean, again, we've had, we've almost got this joke at the minute because we've been on a run of episodes where me and Mark already agree with a lot of the things that I guess have been saying of, like, our necks are going to be broken from the amount of nodding we've been doing. And uh, I, I think, yeah, no, we, we totally uh, totally agree with a lot of the sentiments that you shared. We always end each episode, Preston, just as new music fans. And I'm curious because you work with so many exciting new artists. On the 10th of August, as we record this, what's one piece of new music that you're really excited about right now? Um, my song that I wrote with Rap Boy, um, <laughs> called, I mean, maybe he's not announced what it's called yet, but it, it, maybe he has, because he has, he gave me a stick of it, called Suburbia Calling. That's a really good song. I do. So, do you know what I've been listening to on repeat is the new Olivia Rodrigo, the one vampire. Yeah, it's a banger. The lyric is a banger. There's this trend a little bit in, in lyric to try to. Most of them, I think, are, are, they thought they end up being just a bit, a bit like uh, red flag. He's a man. That type of you know those. <laughs> like, it's almost like butt first coffee. They end up being the butt first coffee of music, right? Mm. When they when they're done badly, um, 
but she treads the line of like what I think the problems people find. It, it's about sort of like toxic masculinity, but it doesn't. It's so not heavy handed, and it's mm. called vampire, so it's fucking cool anyway. It's not. <laughs> I think it's absolutely must be. So I, I really like that song. Um, who do I? Who else? There's this. Uh, there's a kind of beat down hardcore band called Tsunami, but with an S. Okay, um, if you like hardcore, but they're like a, they're almost like purposefully naive, like beat down kind of like tough guy hardcore. Um, Sick. And I could just recommend that. So they're so 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 good. I, I listen I listen to that quite a lot. Um, uh, I don't know. That's three. That's, that's enough, right. man. Olivia Rodrigo and hardcore. <laughs> there aren't many people that uh, have those two in the same sentence. So no, top three, yeah. yeah, that's funny. Actually. <laughs> they're quite <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah.